Oh, hi, everybody. My name is Matt Stores, and welcome to Matt's Blaining. Today on the show, I have somebody who is going to talk about one of their favorite movies. Expert, please introduce yourself and tell us what you're an expert in. Hi, I'm Danny, they, them, and I am an expert in the movie Gremlins. My understanding of Gremlins is that a lot of people think the origin of the word gremlin dates back to the 1920s, where it was a mix of goblin and fremlin beer, which was a very popular beer at the time, popular among the pilots in World War One. Other people think that it's a combination of Grimm's fairy tales and fremlin beer. The uniting force in that instance is the fremlin beer. Basically, a lot of people thinking that crashes were being caused by these little monsters that were getting into planes, their engines ripping up planes. But really, it sounds like some of it may have just been some alcoholism. And there are some indications that gremlins may have had a more historic connection, a more mythological connection, such as in the Icarus story of Icarus flying too close to the sun. In some translations, it's my understanding that little demons, little demigods, were said to have attached to the wings as Icarus flew up. I had no idea. Yeah, that muddled the story and the lesson of the Icarus story. <laughs> so they so were I, cut. Yeah, so they were cut as time progressed because they don't want people freaking out about these little gremlin things. It's um, great that somebody had notes on Icarus. Yeah, that's it's it is good. I think that people have in these translations. Frankly, that's it's so so old that you never know if that's going to be lost to history. But Gremlins, the movie, it's one of the Christmas alternative films, if that makes sense. So you have Die Hard, you have Gremlins, you have Santa's Slay. For those that are fans of the professional wrestler Bill Goldberg, he plays Santa Claus, but a demonic and murderous one. And those movies, sometimes Santa's Slay is replaced by other potential Christmas movies. Gremlins and Die Hard are those two main staples that people are going to make recommendations of. Oh, these are unconventional Christmas movies that you should watch this year. One thing that people don't pay enough attention to in the Gremlins films is the fact that comedian, actor, and personality Howie Mandel is the voice of Gizmo, making all of those little coups and what have you. And a lot of people don't know this, but Howie Mandel actually went method acting to play Gizmo. That included, I I that, yeah. and he didn't want to eat after midnight. So that was no pretty, way. He didn't want to do that. that... He, he was very concerned that it might create a potential demon or gremlin type scenario. And he also didn't want to be exposed to water. You know, That's as, not good. <laughs> That's yeah, not good. yeah. So there was a lot of fruit drinks. And that's basically how he got into bathe. Well, he did bathe. What he ultimately did is pretty commonly known to be very concerned about germs these days. And that, I believe, may have something to do with his concerns about water on the set and production of the gremlins. But I'm not entirely sure. I'm not his therapist. And some think that he actually was exposed to water during this time period. And that's how we got Vin Diesel. Oh, he uh, because popped right out of him. He just popped right out of him. He just basically a zit formed on the back of his neck. People thought it was a goiter for a couple of days. And then ultimately we were blessed with the 
beauty that is the artist known as Vin Diesel. I know that there are a series of little gremlins that pop out of Gizmo and that the young man's father who is in the movie decides to get Gizmo for his son as a gift at Christmas time and holding on to the tradition of getting responsibility as a gift during the holidays which is it really a gift if it's responsibility it's not entirely clear but this one comes with a little extra responsibility ultimately it's an allegory for getting a dog and not getting them fixed there was a lot of spay and neutering commercials that would run during the film when it was put on basic cable to help facilitate cats and dogs being spayed and neutered so that's basically my understanding of Gremlins. About how much of that would you say was accurate? I'd say quite a bit is accurate. I'm not sure. I mean, because I'm not his doctor, I can't speak to the whole Vin Diesel thing. But I think a lot of that makes, a lot of that is true. A lot okay. of that is just, there's like story. And then there's what I would say Gremlins is about. Okay. But yes, everything you were saying about effectively, it begins with the plot of a father buying a pet for a child. I had never heard the spade and neutering thing. It's responsibility not as... is a major aspect of it or the concept of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does seem like responsibility does have play a central role. Now, here's the reason though, why I love Gremlins. I truly think that Gremlins is one of the best films ever made. I shouldn't have even said movie earlier. I should have said film. I because And here's also how I kind of rank movies nowadays is what is the movie's actual thesis statement? Like, what is it trying to say? And how well does it actually execute? Like, how much of the movie is actually making the point that it sets out to make? And I don't think there is a wasted part of Gremlins. I think they use every bit of, every bit of the beast. I think Gremlins is maybe one of the best commentaries on capitalism that i've ever seen in cinema i think it is a truly just beautiful movie i think it's extremely well done where the real monster of the movie is not gremlins it is indeed capitalism i will say like you're getting onto the rules part i think it is extremely important to focus on that because if you look at the movie from start to finish it's talking about the rules in parallel with the american dream a lot of the movie is about how capitalism and how the american dream actually goes in the way of traditional values and like they set it up in the movie as east versus west like eastern quote-unquote mysticisms and like respecting like sacred lessons respecting Mm -hmm. what's been passed down and things that are like being told to you like rules here's our way to lead a good life and how capitalism ultimately like corrupts that and when we're talking about the rules i think one of the biggest misconceptions that people make like whenever people are making fun of the movie they're always like why couldn't that kid take care of the gremlin it's just three rules like why couldn't they it's just these things like it's not that hard but here's the thing about the movie that's beautiful billy follows all of the rules none of the things that go bad are billy's fault he is not the one who gets it wet a little child gets it wet because like the little child is around where he's using art he doesn't feed them after midnight they chew his alarm once they multiply. One of them chews right. the wire. And so it's not his fault. Like all these things, have, he's doing everything mm-hmm. right. And still, while he's doing everything right, he's failing. And I, I think that's the biggest thesis statement of the movie mm-hmm. is all of these rules that capitalism and the American dream give us 
they don't benefit us. It's only right. when Billy starts breaking the rules that he actually starts achieving anything. It's when he starts bur- burning down movie theaters that are like representing Disney. It's when he is, I mean, it's because they're playing Snow White, but right. like burning down establishments, like through this hometown perspective, like going into a mall, breaking into it and using the like power tools to shoot this thing, this demonic beast that's in front of him. It's when he starts breaking the rules that he actually starts doing well. And like, I, I think that's like a major thing to take away is that he does not break the rules until, and he does not, and his life falls apart because of it. And the mm-hmm. character, the, sorry, the movie is full of characters like that. Every single adult in the movie, their lives are ruined by capitalism mm-hmm. from the shop owner whose life is being ruined by capitalism because it's destructing the world around him. He's able to keep this sort of place where he's kept a sacred traditions of his own life. I think his name is Mr. Wing. And, but even that is crumbling around him because of capitalism, because he's in a capitalist nation. The feasibly pursuing an American dream, because he is clearly also not born of America. Point is that like, it's hard to keep your traditions alive in this melting pot sometimes. And right. the, the dad comes in immediately in the first scene and is trying to tempt him stuff. He's trying to tempt him with gadgets that don't work, like products that don't work and trying to trick him. But that dad is even a victim of capitalism in that moment because he's not human. He's like a walking advertisement. He's, his life is gone and he is because he is trying to sell and invent these products and achieve the American dream. He has essentially led his family into squalor and like they're in debt and all these all the horrible things mother because she is trying to be that perfect american wife she's now attached to this guy who's never home and she's essentially now a single parent because again of the american dream there are neighbors who are going through ptsd and who are seeing gremlins the sort of gremlins you're describing which again like to address your icarus thing i think it's worth noting like seeing things that aren't there but also the thing, if they had kept the gremlins in that Icarus story, you could almost have a metaphor of they're the temptations that that bound, keep you earthbound, that may, help make it so you can't fly, make it so you can't achieve your dreams. Or that, achieve- yeah, that manifestation of that concern or the things that are outside of your... Also the things that you feel like you are supposed to do, the, whether they be like gender norms or things where it's like, I need to get a job, I need to have a house, I need to have a wife, I need to do all these things that the American dream tells me to do do and that capitalism tells me to do and all of them are suffering for it even like the most evil character in the movie who's just an old lady who wants to kill a dog she's purely doing it for the sake of oh you i think it attacks their rose bush or something i've seen this movie about 20 times i watch it every christmas eve before and over the past two decades so at least 20 times i've seen it and yeah i don't know anybody who actually is trying to follow the rules in the movie trying to follow the rules that america sets out for you they fail and their lives suck. And not only that, but they continuously try to instill those exact same rules that fail them onto their children. Like they're all saying, no, you got to do the American thing. No, like just give up on your art stuff, get a good job or turn your art into a job, like doing all these things Mm -hmm. and just like the thing that makes you special, extinguish that and just become part of a money-making system. And none of them benefit from that. I think that's the biggest part of the movie. And there is one... Have you seen Gremlins? I have seen Gremlins. My preference is Gremlins 2. I would love to talk about Gremlins 2, but I don't have enough time. You don't. Before this, I watched Gremlins 2 again, and I really think it's beautiful. And I'll at least give a one-sentence thing of why I think Gremlins 2 is actually a beautiful thing at the end of this. But the Christmas... Like the scene... I would say the thesis statement of the movie 
really boils down to the monologue that Kate Berenger, played by Phoebe Cates, plays. She does a monologue about how I mean, it's really sad and I won't do the whole thing because I don't have the whole time because it's a long monologue. But mm. it's about essentially how her dad died by dressing up as Santa, going up to their roof and climbing down their chimney. And mm-hmm. he was missing for weeks and they didn't find him until they smelled his rotting body inside of it's a really sad yeah. monologue. It's a really sad monologue. But what's sadder is also when you realize the themes, it's like this dad just thought he was doing what he was supposed to do. Right. It's this, it's I would also say part of why I think it's a beautiful Christmas movie is because it's not attacking, if anything, it's supporting the religious themes. If anything, it's supporting like the actual kindness, what you should do on like you should just be kind to your family you should just do all these things but it gets wrapped up in all the like commercialism it gets wrapped like it shows how like even the most sacred things to the average like christian american like even the most thing that like things that they keep sacred can be corrupted by capitalism and that is ultimately why it is a christmas movie but like this dad just went up because he was like this is christmas i'm gonna dress up as santa i'm gonna i bought this suit i'm gonna go down i'm gonna give gifts and because he did all these, he followed the rules and he did all the things he was supposed to do. He checked off his list. He got the outfit. He did all these things because he did that. He died and right. ultimately left to led to the most traumatizing moment of his daughter's life. And absolutely, I think it just speaks to the generational impact of the evils of capitalism. And yeah, I, I don't know. There's a lot that I could go into. That's the thing I t- could talk about gremlins for days. Yeah there's a whole lot about how the gremlins are depicted and all this stuff. But I think that's like, if people watch it that way, they'll pick up those little notes throughout it. So they'll pick up that the creeping actual villain of the movie is just this sense of capitalism that's ruining everybody's life. Absolutely. And what was the one sentence you wanted to provide for gremlins too? Okay. So I just watched gremlins two today and I wound up loving it because what it does what gremlins do is it's a if you imagine you take all the stuff about culture and religion and what is considered sacred and you take that and apply that to art and you take that and apply it to the like original filmmaker and essentially it's this really incredible satire of you can almost imagine an exec being like hey why don't we do a gremlins movie and then being like okay but gremlins was about anti-capitalism and not making money and doing all this so i'll only do this movie if it's about how bad of an idea it is to do gremlins too. Like, right. I, I feel like that's what it's about. Cause it achieves every single cliche and every single thing that you don't want in a sequel. Like it's super like about promoting new, like types of gremlins for toys. Sorry, I'll stop talking. But like, I'm saying that like, it's this weird deconstruction of why it's a bad idea to turn art into a franchise, right. I guess is what I'd say. That makes a lot of sense. Danny, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. And I do apologize if I've made this the longest episode so far. You have not, actually. You are. You have nothing to worry about. If people wanted to learn more about Gremlins or about you, where could they find more information? Thank you. I would say, I don't know where you could follow more about Gremlins. I would say watch the movies. They're mm-hmm. both on HBO Max, or you can probably find them online. But I would say that if you want to see more of my stuff, maybe I'll put up a little video sharing like my full hour-long rant about this on tiktok or on my youtube but just look up at danny over here that's a d-a-n-i over here as in i'm over here and that you'll see my stuff absolutely fantastic thank you so very much i really appreciate you being on the show thank you for having me absolutely my name is matt stores and this 
has been matt splaining 